0: Hello everyone, welcome back to Cloud Wars Live. We are chronicling the digital revolution that is sweeping the world here. And we are delighted today to have the CIO of Vary, which is a workplace innovation company with us today. Jeff Denard is the CIO there. They're doing some pretty wild things. They've got a terrific growth story and uh, we are delighted to have Jeff be with us. Jeff, welcome to Cloud Wars Live.
1: Well, thanks, Bob, it's a pleasure to be with you.
0: So Jeff, um, you know, I I love the workspace you're in there at Very. Uh, it sort of reflects a lot of things that are going on at the company, but uh, and it sounds like you've been in your working environment for some time. So, bring us up to speed a little bit, Jeff. Tell us what sort of the last year has been like at Very.
1: Sure. Well, that's thanks, Bob. It's a it's a great question for us to start with, and uh, and and not to make any assumptions. I'll just say very quickly that that Very was formerly VeraDesk, um, so you may know us as the Standing Desk Company, and you'll you'll see that I'm actually standing. Um, In 2012, we started as a a B2C company selling our original sit-stand converter that sat on top of the desk um, directly to consumers. And we've been growing at a a rapid pace, as you said. And since around 2017 or so, um, we've moved into a bit more of a, a B2B Play as, as we've begun to outfit full offices for our fans out there. And so now it's far more than that original sit-stand converter. It's it's the standing desk, like uh, which I'm standing right now, and standing conference tables and um, lighting, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so we've also added um, soft seating and, and accessories and lots of other things to that. Um, and I would also say quickly that most recently we've launched Vera Space. Um, which is a a new concept for us. And it's essentially a way for us to lease a fully furnished space to our fans um, with shorter term leases and and great amenities. Um, So that was the the two second version of of who we are. Um, But you're right, 2020 is a really interesting story for us to tell. Um, we were very very privileged in that we were considered essential retail so we were able to stay open um, when COVID hit in March of of 2020 Um, and we were considered essential retail because we were able to help our fans get set up to work from home as now everybody has completely left the office um, and is now working from home we were able to help folks do that so so we're very very grateful Um, and now I would say I guess ironically you know we find ourselves in an interesting position in which um, many of our fans are starting to head back to the office mm-hmm. um, and so the pendulum is, is sort of swinging back in, in the other direction and um, in fact we've uh, you'll, you'll notice that I'm standing in my office and so we had very we've actually been back to our HQ since June of 2020 so we sent everybody home in March and brought everybody back in June and so really the at the end of the day it's um, it's really it's really been just about trying to meet our fans where where they need us to be so it's been an inter- interesting time for us to watch that pendulum swing from our original b2c to b2b then back to b2c during the pandemic and and now back to b2b so it's been an odd and it's been an odd time for us and and 2021 as you can imagine has just been a continuation of all of that
0: yeah yeah jeff i uh, want to come back and and you know go a little deeper with you on that b2b b2c b2b you know the the pendulum there in the swing but i I couldn't help but notice i think it is wonderful you refer to those people who buy and use your products as your fans
1: yeah absolutely that's um that's something that we've done since our inception and uh, you know like like any company we we have a our core values, and and of and of course, other companies will tell you the same thing, and, uh, and the other companies will t- will tell you that that their core values are not just a, a handful of things written on the wall, but that they really mm-hmm. live them. Um, and, and you know, that's that's uh, debatable depending on the company, but but I can say that for very it's it's an absolute reality reality for us, um, and one of our core values is creating lifelong fans, right? And um, you know, you could argue that it's our first core value. Um, but we really truly live all of our core values, obviously, every day, but we certainly focus on creating lifelong fans. And, and we often joke and comment that we're all in sales, which um, I think you and everybody else will appreciate. At the end yeah. of the day, it's it's all about driving revenue and driving the business.
0: Jeff, you know, that it's, it's interesting, because I guess there are, you know, there would be some people who'd say, you know, office furniture, office environments, you know, how could that be interesting? But <laughs> I always had the idea that, if somebody goes into a business thinking, well, my business isn't interesting or isn't cool, then it's not going to be interesting. It's not going to be cool. You're not going to have fans, you'll have customers or buyers or something there. So I, I really like how, you know, you've said that's been a, a sort of a core part of the company since it's founding. And if you get that sort of culture in there, there's, it really opens up the, the you know, the, the, the space for what sort of opportunities you can have and what sort of relationships you can build with your fans.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and, uh, you know, if you want to talk about culture and relationships and partnerships, um, this will be a 14 hour podcast, <laughs> but, but obviously, um, obviously culture is, is incredibly important to, to everybody at very, um, and, you know, and as I say, our core values are a cornerstone of who we are, but really it's our culture that drives us and it's our culture that makes us who we are. We often say that you know, your culture is your people and it sounds like a little bit of a cliche but it really, really isn't. And so we work incredibly hard um, to not only hire and retain the, the best and the brightest, right? People that are better than me and smarter than me and faster than me, but, but we work so hard to, to make sure we're taking care of them at, at every step of the way.
0: Yeah. And over the past year, right? The companies that have been able to do that, not out of, in some ways, you know, a sense of need, but rather that's just who we are. You know, we adapt to the what's going on in the world around us. We can do it. I think they're the ones that are going to be most successful, right? Because that'll tighten that relationship and strengthen the culture rather than have it being something that people are wondering, like, well, gee, what are we going to behave like when things get back toward normal? Absolutely. So Jeff, You, uh, I I would love to hear a little bit more from you about that, right? Because I think it would have been not very long ago that most companies, if they had had to make a switch over a few years from B to B to B to to C back to B to B and, you know, anywhere along that pendulum, you know, they would have been uh, kind of frazzled about it. You said it almost with a sense of like, yeah, you know, another day. It's, you know, what we have to, how did you do that?
1: You know, that it's, uh, that's a, that's a fascinating question, um, you know. And I would say, um, fundamentally, it, it's—and forgive me for repeating myself already—but but another one of our core values is embrace change. Yeah. So so we've already touched on too, right? Creating lifelong fans and embracing change. And and the reality is that it's it's part of our DNA, right? It's literally—I shouldn't say literally—figuratively, it's a part of our DNA. At Barry, um, we're a company that's built. Um, around this notion of flexibility, right? And we can talk about that from a fan's perspective. That is, um, you know, the cornerstone of our success in, in, in building flexible workspace solutions is literally that you can move the furniture with with tremendous ease, right? Mm-hmm. I won't move my camera, but I could easily show you that I'm surrounded by these walls. Um, we call them quick flex walls and, um, and they can be assembled and disassembled in minutes, literally, uh, with no tools, literally. Um, and you can move them, and so it, it's ironic that you're asking this this particular week because last weekend we did what we call an HQ flip, which means yeah. we essentially took about 70% of the people in this building and moved them to a different part of the building, and we do that a few times a year. Um, one, it, it it you know it keeps the place sort of fresh and exciting yeah. and interesting, um, and two, it it shows our our fans who come through to do tours, it shows them that we put our money where our mouth is, and that. Mm-hmm. You know, we're sort of um, selling, for lack of a better word, we're, we're selling you a flexible workspace solution. We, we do it too. We eat our own dog food and we constantly move the furniture around. So I say all of that in in, in sort of a preface to answering your question, which is, you know, when COVID hit, as I said, we, you know, we, the, the company was founded on this B2C ecosystem or paradigm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then it starts to slowly shift organically to this B2C paradigm in which our fans started asking, hey, you know, I really love your electric standing desk, man, gosh, you know, golly, it would be cool if you had a standing conference table so that I could set up my whole entire office with your great desks. Man, it'd be cool if you had a standing a standing conference table. Do you have any chairs? Like, man, you know, I'd love to build out a private office uh, for our CEO. It's too bad you don't have any walls, right? And so this is all happening very, very organically, where we're starting to to really actively listen to our fans and deliver what what they need right so when when COVID hits we're already living in this uh this mind space where we need to be flexible and we need to be nuanced and we need to be nimble and and understand um, not only what our fans want but what the market needs and desires so COVID hits and and we sort of all sat around and looked at each other and said okay well everybody's at home. So let's just go back to selling everybody our products because they work perfectly well in your home as well. Mm-hmm. So now, you know, we have all these uh, corporate clients or these projects that are in the pipeline and everybody said, time out, I'm going to hold on that. I sent all my people home and we just sort of instinctively said, oh, okay, well, hey, let us know if if you need anything for all of your people whom you just sent home. Yeah. Yeah. So, right. I mean, I apologize for the long answer, but it it happened really, really um, sort of natively to, to who we are.
0: Yeah. And Jeff, maybe there's something right for a company that, you know, uh, revises and, uh, you know, pretty radically changes its, its headquarters settings a few times a year, right? You don't get locked into things. So it's like, I right. just find today it's uh, it's got to be a difficult environment for businesses today, where a lot of the leaders, you know, put up the oh no no we don't we don't do that, tables yes, chairs no, walls no, you know this is the way we do things, and you know I understand there's got to be a continuity, and companies have to focus on what they do, but it seems like those days of you know uh, this is what we do, and sort of like whatever people out there want, you know hey that's that's their issue, uh, the this so this more. Customer-driven, consumer-driven economy is taking hold. You've described, I think, how Very is able now to you know adapt to that and deal with it. But at a sort of at a technology level, did that present some unique challenges for the types of applications you run and how you sort of uh, follow these relationships and demand forecasting and so forth? How did you how did you roll all that together?
1: Well, you know. I'll say quickly that um, I think there's sort of two parts to the answer. But I'll say quickly that um, that that because Vary is, is relatively young, right? So we're we're eight-ish eight-ish years old. Um, I'm happy to say that that prior to my arrival, the the teams had already implemented a, a pretty forward-thinking um, infrastructure. And so, mm-hmm. because you're Bob at Cloud Wars, you'll laugh, but um, but everything at Barry has been um, cloud since day one, right? There's never been anything on-prem in this building or, or in our company. And everybody has laptops and everybody had the ability, you know, ironically, when I start, this is a funny story, which I won't tell you the whole thing, but I started in February of 2020 and I had a few weeks with the team and then sent them all home. But on that day, when we made the decision to send everybody home, um, we got everybody out of the office and set up in their houses in about four hours. Um, and so again, it's 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 sort of, building your company uh, with a mindset to always be flexible, right? And that's not just the furniture, obviously, but it's the technology as well. And so, um, you know, we had some challenges along the way, but, but I, along the way during COVID year, right? But I would say yeah. candidly, our, our challenges really weren't from a technology perspective. Our challenges were really challenges or tests that we faced, I guess I would say. It was more about our teams. Um, having challenges at home and and some fears and uncertainty in the world and, and so we really pushed ourselves this is getting back to the culture comment you made earlier but we really pushed ourselves very hard to lean into our teams to ensure that we're being super sensitive to the things that might be going on in their lives at home um, now everyone's at home and grandparents are home and um, so we tried to be super sensitive to that um, loved ones family friends etc mm-hmm. and then from a cultural perspective again it's so important to us and it's such a huge part of who we are um, we really doubled down on culture during that time. And so um, of, of course we, Im- in order to get everybody back, obviously we implemented an exhaustive amount of safety protocols here in the building, which we could talk about at length um, in order to get everyone back and, and alleviate those fears. But but we also ensured that, as I say, we continue to double down on culture. So we have a cultural team here who didn't miss a beat with any of the normal celebrations, um, holidays of all different cultures and an annual lip sync battle. and which the photos and videos are, are pretty pretty <laughs> hilarious. And, and no, I'm not going to show you, but uh, I'll just say I was Elton John and, and I'll leave it at that. Okay. Um, but, you know, and on, on a team level, I started sending out a weekly email to my team. And so we were able to just really double down on culture. Yeah. But um, but you asked specifically about applications and and the, the the company has been on a journey similarly over the past few years. Um, in 2018, 2019, we, we launched Salesforce, um, in a very, very big way. I mean, we bought essentially every Salesforce module that that one can, right? Um, and so, again, all in the cloud, obviously. And so, we've been slowly on this journey to position our teams to be able to um, to really, really work effectively, leveraging these enterprise applications in ways that, that didn't before. Because you can you can imagine, and I know you've heard similar stories before, but Very um, is still an emerging company on on this explosive growth path, and and only really launched in 2012, 2013, 2014. And so you can imagine that on an emerging company on that explosive growth trajectory, um, everything just happens really, really quickly. And and there's not a lot of time to stop and pause and have the discipline to say, okay, well, we wanna grow this brand. We should probably do Salesforce. Okay, we wanna grow this brand. We should probably rethink our current ERP, right? things of that nature. And so the applications have been sort of morphing and changing over time, Um, not due to the pandemic, but just due to the company's growth. I hope that is a fair answer.
0: Yeah, absolutely, Jeff. And I think it's very consistent with what you've described about this eight-year-old company that's growing fast and is willing to embrace change as a, a competitive advantage instead of something, you know, to that uh, causes you to be afraid and, you know, stick your head under the pillow and just hope that the change will stop because it's not going to stop, right? We right. know that. And Jeff, I want to, uh, I know our, our friends at SAP introduced us, So I want to hear a little bit about what you're doing with them. But first, just give me a, a short break here for word from our sponsor, BMC. BMC wants to know, is your business on its A-game? That's when systems are intelligent by learning from markets, where automation is paramount yet effortless, and when technology and people work as one in an enterprise. The A game is your business at its absolute best. BMC calls this the autonomous digital enterprise. Find out more at bmc.com/agame. Uh, <clears throat> so Jeff, it, it, it is you know, when we see companies today, that are somehow able to look through this and say, okay, you know, nobody could have dialed this up a year ago, but it's here. This is what happens. How then are we able to deal with this, right? How well focused are we organized? Are, how do we, I think, embrace this notion of change as something that's, that's to be rewarded. Because I, I just get the sense, Jeff, we're, we're not going to go back somehow to a, a time when, you know, business plans could endure for three years, and you could have a seven-year model, and you know, it'd chunk along that way. I mean, that's, there was a time when that that worked, but those times are gone, right? These, the consumer-driven, customer-driven world, everybody wants new, different, uh, customized, personalized things, so it's been fascinating to hear how your company's embracing that. I'd love to hear you say a little bit more about that. I know you've had a big switch over to SAP and using S four HANA. So if you could talk a little bit about that as well, Jeff, that'd be great.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I and uh, and and you actually mentioned demand planning uh, earlier, um, and so there's that, that there's another interesting sort of COVID story to tell there. So um, as we launched twenty twenty, the the expectation was to continue on with um, an in-flight selection process for ERP, which was, as I say, in-flight when I arrived. Um, but the expectation was also to do a PLM, product lifecycle management, um, and TMS, transportation management system. So then that was the original plan for 2020, right? And, uh, and as you and I have been discussing, everyone's plans changed. Uh, so we immediately stopped the selection process for ERP, and PLM, and TMS, and just paused, every, which I think everybody <laughs> in the universe did. But what was really fascinating for us as a brand is um, we're very closely knit as you can imagine and we all talk to each other we're all fantastic partners Um, and one of my peers on on the leadership team said she runs product and and she made an interesting she leveraged that pause for 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 great effect i think and she said you know gosh i think um my demand planning and inventory teams are really really struggling it's really you know our growth trajectory is so so uh, large and, and, and so rapid that, that they're starting to hemorrhage a little bit. Mm-hmm. May we take this opportunity while we're pausing to chat about maybe doing a demand planning platform that up, uh, we landed on, on SAP's IBP, integrated business planning um, because we knew that at that point in time, we knew that SAP S4 HANA was the front runner for ERP. So we said, there's tremendous synergy here. Why don't we use this pause time, about 16 weeks? Why don't we use this time while we're paused to finalize our ERP selection process, um, wrap, wrap that box, put a great big bow on it, make the final decisions, do any negotiations we need to do, et cetera. But while while I, while, while Jeff and my peer, the, the CFO, Craig, while we were wrapping up negotiations and getting to the finish line, we also had the teams implement SAP's IBP in a 16 week period at the end of last year. So again, you know, our ability, forgive me for repeating myself, but our ability to flex, um, and be nimble, 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 and agile, right, as we call it on our team, um, has been really paramount to our success. So really the answer to your question, I think, on, on the SAP story is, is uh, it, it's, it's, a, it's an exhaustive story and I'll, I'll, I'll truncate it um, for you. But really, as I said, the, there, was a, I'll, there was a very lengthy selection process that was in flight when I arrived um, in February of 2020. Um, again, a month prior to COVID, which is still hilarious to me, but um, so all the major players were considered, as you can imagine, um, and even including a full rebuild of our current ERP at the time, um, which would have been required, and, and just suffice it to say that that, that implementation, the original implementation of our, our, our legacy ERP was, was, was flawed, right, uh, resulting in a ton of customizations and scripts. So in the end, we did land on SAP. And again, very long story there. But um, I'll say that we did land on SAP from a functional perspective, because we truly believed um, that SAP S4 HANA was the right uh, functionality for our brand. Um, but I, I have to say that to truly answer the, the question, the overarching question about SAP, um, I, I have to talk about the need um, the need for really really rock solid uh, partnerships and relationships in these types Mm -hmm. of initiatives right Um, i actually recently said on another sap panel that the relationships we build and maintain are the most important things in business and i truly believe Mm -hmm. that so with sap really 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 early on in the process and again i was brand new to the brand um, i built really 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 strong relationships with with the three major players with whom we were dealing at that time on the sap side and the power of those relationships was built on exactly precisely the same foundation of all great relationships which is that mm. trust is trust is, is built on on authenticity transparency and communication and and we call that magnetic leadership um which is a completely separate one hour call <laughs> <laughs> that, we'll, that we'll do another day but so anyway so the functionality was obviously there but really at the end of the day it was the relationships and partnerships that made the most impact for us mm. and essentially made it easy for us to make the decision to go to sap massive entity and so grotesquely expensive. And I, and I think these are myths, right? Yeah. um, I I truly believe that, that the people at SAP, at least the people with whom I'm dealing um, are the most down to earth and, and, and and charming and caring and, and kind uh, people who who truly want what's best for me and and for our business. Um, And, and I would also say candidly, it's not grotesquely expensive. Um, We, we were super, um, super relieved to find that, that we could make it work for our brand.
0: Oh, Jeff, that's a, that's a great story. And I, I think too, from how you've described your company from the outset, the importance you place on culture trust and that, uh, yeah, we'll have to have, you know, another two hour conversation on magnetic leadership, but you just, I mean, th- there's plenty of alternatives and choices out there. So there's, sure. Uh, at SAP, not been able to mirror in some ways your culture, your ethos, your priorities. You know, there's other places you could have gone. Um, Jeff, I wanted to ask you too, because I know we got a few minutes left. Um, you've been a CIO for a while in some different organizations, different industries. Uh, it's got to be pretty wild to see how the role of the CIO has changed. If I could give you just a bit of a preface, you know, I've sort of followed the field for a while it used to drive me nuts when CIOs would say and I felt a little bit like you know there was a hand up the back of a puppet saying you know my job is to align IT so it supports the business and there was something in that construct that said I'm not a part of the business right I'm I'm at the little kids table and you know we're listening to the grown-ups at the big table so could you talk a little bit about how your view of the CIO role has evolved and where is it today where is it headed?
1: Sure. Um, so we have six more hours, correct?
0: Okay, yes, we do.
1: <laughs> okay, good. Just, I'm just confirming. Um, so, I, so I, 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 uh, I, I agree with you holistically. I, I don't know any other way to say it. Um, I, I would say it's a tough question for me to answer um, because I, I will tell you candidly, I, I don't believe that the CIO's role, I'm only speaking for myself, but I don't believe that that the CIO's the CIO's role has changed. Okay. Um, so I I I and again, this is a day-long philosophical answer. So I'm <laughs> gonna give you the super high level, but but I agree with what what you intimated, which is that I, I truly believe that my role is a leader first and a businessman second and a technologist. Yeah. You might, you might argue a distant third, right? And, and so, again, I know you don't want the day long answer, but I'll just say that at the end of the day, my job is to hire a team of servant leaders. And as I said before, servant leaders who are better than me, smarter than me, mm-hmm. faster than me, um, and, and folks who want nothing more than to deliver excellence for the company without fail, and I was similarly. I would I would submit that it's not even my job to motivate them, right? It's my job to hire motivated people, um, and beyond that, I would say truly that my day-to-day job is to care for them, um, and I and I, I I say this very frequently, but it's my job to lead them with with my heart and with love and yeah. grace and care and empathy and compassion, which are very different things, um, and so by doing that we're maintaining a culture of care in which people really want to be here Mm -hmm. um, and they deliver excellence as i say because they want to not because they have to or because they need to and so uh, trust me when i tell you that this is not soft and fluffy this is really the hard stuff and so in my experience that the the best cios are the ones who embrace this they embrace what I say is the hard stuff, right? Because this is what drives results from the team, which supports the company's ability ultimately to serve our fans and 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 drive revenue. Um, so I, I agree with you that 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 over the past few years there's been this sort of I'm trying to be careful what words I use, but there's been this sort of mantra, right, amongst CIOs that um, you know, that it's their job to, to be a liaison between the business and technology. And mm-hmm. I agree with you. I don't think that that's actually correct. I think, I think from my perspective, I am the business, right? I mean, as, as, a, as a part of Barry, we are all the business. There, there is no delineation. Mm-hmm. Uh, we may have different functional roles, um, but there isn't a need for a liaison if we all believe that we're here for the same reason we're all here to drive revenue and drive our culture and create lifelong fans like we talked about earlier. And I would also say too, candidly, and I apologize if this is too long of an answer, but, um, you know, but at Vary, we're big fans of Patrick Lencioni. Um, um, Pat's a great, a great friend of Vary. Of and, and Pat would also say that our jobs are not chief executive officer. And, and for me, chief information officer, that's not really your job. Mm-hmm. Your job is really what Pat calls chief teamwork officer and chief clarity officer and chief reminding officer and chief communication officer and you know chief culture officer. I mean, I could go yeah. on and on and on, right? Um, but I think that oftentimes, um, I, I think oftentimes CIOs um, find themselves to be technologists before businessmen and women. And I, I think there's an opportunity to, to rethink that.
0: Yeah. And you get up so close just on the technology thing, you don't have a chance to fully embrace those other parts of the role that you described. And Jeff, I know um, you've got lots going on there. So we need to wrap up. This has been fascinating. And I'm glad we have a a six hour follow up, a 14 hour follow up and a (laughs) two hour follow up. So we'll get those on the books.
1: Well, it's it's been my pleasure to join you, Bob, and I am I'm, I'm very uh, you were an incredibly gracious host and and tolerated my uh, obscenely long answers. So, not so at all,
0: you. not at all. It was wonderful, Jeff. Really great to hear from you, and I think you you got across the uh, the essence of what this remarkable company is very and what's going on there. So thanks so much for being with us.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: And to all of you who are with us here watching Cloud Wars Live, thanks for being part of it. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Jeff DiNard Vary and we look forward to seeing you next time.